At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today, in our Vision Sunday, we're going to talk about the difference, and we always talk about this, but in different ways, the difference in personal vision versus corporate vision. And today we're going to look at some things regarding what I see for this body this year, um, God's revelation coming to us about living a life of unselfishness and redeeming the times that we're living in to be a blessing to the people around us. I want to say, I want to make this statement. I heard this statement a couple of weeks ago. No matter what you say or what you do on a daily basis, somebody is listening. Somebody is being affected by what you do and what you say. Somebody is being affected. The choices that you make in life, somebody is being affected by those choices. Every single day. Every single thing that we do. People's lives are affected. I'm not going to get off of that for just a second. We need to think about that. Everything we say, everything we do, every reaction in our life, somebody is watching, listening, hearing what we do, how we act, how we respond to things. Somebody is being affected by it. I don't know about you, but I want people around me to be affected in a positive way. Huh? I want people to be affected by my life from the anointing of Jesus. So you can't just say whatever you want to say. You can't just do whatever you want to do. And I'm saying to you this year, 2024 is a year where we're learning to walk in the revelation of what true unselfishness looks like. Because when you're living a life, when you're living your life just for you, then you'll say and do whatever you want. But when you're living your life for Him, then you'll consider everything that comes out of your mouth, every decision you make, every reaction you have to actions. You know, I, I think I can speak for every one of you as I speak for myself. I've had some wrong reactions in days past. I've rea reacted quickly and from the flesh when somebody or something happened or people did things. I've reacted in wrong ways. I mean, I, I can admit it. I have. But I'm not going to stay that way. I want to get better all the time at realizing everybody around me, everybody around me is hearing and watching what I do and what I say. So, someone shout amen. amen. Father, we thank you for this awesome day. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit that you've given to live inside of us. We can hear your voice. We can be empowered by the voice of the Spirit every single day in every situation we face. 
no matter what we do, where we go, we always have you. You never leave us nor forsake us. You're everywhere at all times, and you know everything about everything. <laughs> wow. We're so grateful. So grateful. That you would look past the actions of Adam and Eve in the garden, hold true to your covenant that you made with them, to all of mankind. And in spite of us, your love for us is beyond. It's beyond imagination. It's beyond. Mm. We're so grateful today. We're so thankful. We want you to have your way. Everything that's said, everything that's done, we want you to have your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We trust you. Just let his presence, just, just take a moment, just let his presence just fall on you, but encompass you. Just receive it now. Just receive of his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just receive of his presence. presence of the Lord, this fullness of joy, fullness of everything you need. woken up in the morning and felt like you had this vision of yourself just pulling the covers over your head and just staying there for about the next six hours. In the presence of the Lord, you gain strength to overcome those bad thoughts. <laughs> I mean, some days that's a good thought, you know. Saturday morning and just want to get some rest. You need rest. You need rest. But you don't need to be lazy. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> you need rest, but not laziness. <clears throat> well, as I said a moment ago, I, I, I want to, as, as I always bring it to you every year that we have our Vision Sunday, I love this day. Um, and as Tammy said earlier, uh, make sure to bring testimonies to share. Um, and, and literally, I'm just going to ask for your testimonies. I don't, I don't want to see them ahead of time. They're going to be, you know, 
short and to the point, but you're going to come stand up here with me with a microphone and give that testimony. It won't be from there for the seats or anything else. You're going to come stand with me and give testimony. People need to hear that you had vision prayed for last year and things came to pass. People need to hear that. Can you say amen? And I also want a testimony or two of things that happened at the beginning of the year at Word First on the Sunday afternoon as people went out. There was about, I think, 20 or plus that went out and we evangelized our city and saw 40 people saved. Amen? And hundreds will be saved because of the vision that God has given to our body for this year in, in a supernatural way, not in, not in something that's being forced, but in supernatural ways. And you need to be challenged in some of the things I'm going to share with you today. You need to be challenged in this. I needed to be challenged. When Riley came at Word First and challenged us on evangelism and, and, and ministering to people, I needed to be re-challenged in that in myself. And I'm telling you, it's done something supernatural in me. Supernatural. One word from God can change you and turn things around in your life and give you more of what you already have. One word from God. That's how powerful that the Word of God is. Can you say amen? So, um, and, and I always, I, I've said this for many of you, if you've been around here at all, you've heard me say this many times, I say it again. For your personal vision to flow in advance, there has to be a connection to something that's bigger than you, right? right? You need the house of God so that you can serve and sow and invest in the house so that it empowers what you do. God made it that way. You have personal visions, and never should the church downplay personal vision, but when personal vision is number one, that means you're number one, and that's not good with God. God wants Him to be one, and He's about His house, which is His church, which is the body in the earth. But it's the body coming together to make up what he called the church, right? He calls the church his church. It's not a church organization. It's his church that he's building that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And when you're connected to that, gates of hell doesn't prevail against your personal vision. Personal vision, personal vision that is shut down has to do with not being connected to the house. And, you know, as, as you know, th- through the ages, the enemy's done everything to shut that down. Tried all kinds of things to downplay the, the, the corporate church, the, the gathering places. See, it's his church that we're building. See, if we're building my church, because I'm the under-shepherd of this place, if we're building my church, it's going to collapse. But we're here by His Word and His Spirit building His church, and that's what you need to be connected to. And when you're connected to that, then your personal vision advances because it's empowered by the corporate vision. Mm. Can you say amen? So, Today, as I'm reading these verses of Scripture, I want you to apply it to both sets or both, both visions. So it's a set that goes together. It's your vision, personal vision, that's connected to corporate vision, the vision of the house, 
which is the church, which is his body in the earth. Okay? Remember that as, as we go through these. Philippians 4, 5 in the Amplified. These are several verses that have been repeated over the last few weeks. But just hear them again. Let all men know and perceive and recognize. Because, see, all men around you are perceiving and recognizing something. They're hearing something. Everybody around you is hearing something. So he says, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness. Well, if you're being considerate and people are noticing that, what's happening? The things of God are coming, are, are, are manifesting through you to touch other people. But what's the, what's the opposite of that? It's being inconsiderate. Being selfish, thinking about yourself, having an attitude just because somebody doesn't like something that you, you want or you're doing, right? He said, let your considerateness, your forbearing spirit, let it be known, for the Lord is near, he is coming soon. Let that be seen by all people, because the Lord is coming soon. I wonder, wonder why it says that. I mean, in every translation of that verse of Scripture, it says that. The Lord is coming soon. What, 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 what does that matter? It means we don't have a lot of years to waste being selfish. So you need to practice unselfishness every minute of every day. Every circumstance and situation that you find yourself in, you need to practice Unselfishness, because, you know, if you live here for 120, 130, somebody said the other day, some of the, all these groups that are doing longevity and all that kind of stuff, people are looking now towards 180. Well, we weren't created to die. See, because we were created spirit, right? And with the fall of man came the curse, and they didn't know how to die, so, you know, Methuselah lived at, what is it, 900 and some odd years old? They didn't, they didn't know how to die. We've, we've just been learning how to die all along, and it's gotten less and less, and now it's kind of extending. We weren't created to die. But we live in a fallen world because of the curse, and so you will leave this body, but not your spiritual. And when you're face-to-face -face with him, you got a new body. And you say amen. And all that's good, and the Lord is near. He's just trying to say, look, for the rest of your time on planet Earth, let's practice unselfishness. That's what he's saying. And that's what I'm saying about 2024 at Gates of the City. Let's practice and develop a life of unselfishness. You're not, you're not going to just, oh, okay, I'll just be unselfish. No, no, no. no. If you were in heaven... And, and you were taught that, then you just do it because there's no resistance. But the moment you make a choice to be unselfish, there's resistance out there. And every kind of situation coming up where you want to choose yourself is going to come your way. And you'll have to choose. You have to make up your mind. Can you say amen? So Colossians 4 and verse 5 and 6 in the New Living Translation says, Live wisely among those who are not believers. Live wisely among those who are not believers. And so what, what's that look like? Be unselfish with them. 
Because, see, people that are non-believers, sometimes you want to be mad at them. You know, you're a believer, and they're non-believers, and they do stupid things, and you want to get mad because they do stupid things. Well, well, they do stupid things because they don't know God, right? And if you're going to be mad at them, that's stupid too. Huh? So now you're going right along and being stupid like they are. We don't want to be those kind of stupid people. We want to be people that are unselfish, redeeming the times. He said, live wisely among those who are unbelievers. Make the most of every opportunity that you have. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Man, that sounds like God, right? So that you will have the right response for everybody. The right response for everybody. Remember, you got the Holy Ghost inside of you, empowering you to make the right response every single time. Because remember, people are listening. Everybody around you is listening. Every choice in life affects people. Ephesians 5.15, be very careful then how you live. This is in the NIV. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And I'm telling you today, the Lord's will is for you and I to be unselfish. Don't be foolish and live a selfish life. But every day, learn how to live an unselfish life, being a giver. As Fabian talked about earlier about giving, that's in the financial realm, mainly is what he was talking about, but it's in every way, actually, because you reap what you sow. You sow ugly, you reap ugly. Well, you know, everybody's just mean to me. Well, how are you acting? Well, I was kind of mean, but, you know, so were they. Well, that's because you're reaping what you sow. Hmm? You sow mean, you reap mean. You sow kind, eventually it'll produce. The kind seed is a nine-month sowing. (laughs) It takes at least nine months to begin to reap, and that's why people, they they try to be kind for three months, and then they quit. Well, you know, that didn't work. No, it takes a while. Hmm? The, the ugly stuff seemed like it comes. It's like there's no plant, and all of a sudden there's fruit the next day. You sowed ugly? <laughs> it was just a seed. No, and it came back right away. This seems like it works that way, doesn't it? Because God's developing a patience and a long-suffering inside of you to be able to endure anything. The little things that God's trying, attempting to teach you today is that you can overcome anything in the future because there's stuff in the future to overcome because as long as you live here, you're going to be overcoming, right? When we live on the other side, there's no resistance to it. We still have to grow and develop and live by faith and all, but there's no resistance. Here there's resistance. God wants you and I delivered of that. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Where there is no vision... I'm reading this in the King James. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. In the New New King James, it says this. Where there is no revelation, in the 
in the Amplified, it says, where there is no redemptive revelation, the people cast off restraint. Mm. But happy is he who keeps the law or the work, who keeps the living word. When you keep the word, you don't cast off restraint. Why is restraint important? Because it teaches you how to live an unselfish life. The restraint is I'm not going to act just however I want to act. I'm not going to look at what I need to look at. And I'm telling you, God will take you as deep as you'll allow him to take you to find out what that looks like in your life for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. And that's what he wants out of us because he wants, he wants you and I operating in personal vision as a result of our connection to corporate vision. And when there is no vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. This year, it's a good thing for you to know that God brought to me your under-shepherd to encourage you that this year, not, not in every way, but predominantly, we're leading with living an unselfish life so that we have the ability to redeem the times and know how to act and react to other people's lives. Did you, are you getting that? That's a, that's a healthy thing and a safe place and a secure place for your life when you know that the house has vision. And listen to me. Do you know how blessed and prosperous that by the end of 2024, you will be if you do something with what I'm saying today? Woo-hoo-hoo. Opportunities don't come the way of a me-me person. Opportunities don't come from God to a person that's all about themselves. He needs people about his kingdom and advancing the kingdom. Can you say amen to that? So, this next passage declares vision for redeeming the time that we're talking about. And, and I would encourage you to take this passage, five verses of Scripture, take this and meditate on it. Look at it in different translations. Today I'm reading it in the New King James, but look at it in different translations and meditate on this because this declares the vision for redeeming the time. And I want you to hear, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy and telling him, Timothy, he was training and developing Timothy to be a pastor to churches, right? But he, but he encourages him about doing the ministry of, 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 a, of a, another fivefold ministry anointing. He didn't say he was one of those in that area, but he encouraged him to do the work of this other fivefold ministry anointing. But he was training him up to be a pastor. He said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 1 of 2 Timothy 4, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. But in other words, that's then, but now, he said, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not 
endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears and they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. Not that you're an evangelist, per se, there's, there's fivefold ministry gifts, there's five of them. There's prophet, an apostle, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And in that fivefold ministry, the evangelist has a purpose and a calling there, but all of us have been called to do the work. So he's, here's Paul instructing and building someone up to be a pastor, but whatever you're being built up to do in life, whether you're in ministry, whether you're in the marketplace, wherever you're at, he wants you and I to do what? To be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, because things will come against you if you're going to believe God and believe his word. Things will come against you. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry, your calling, your purpose on the earth. You're doing that by developing a life of unselfishness, by learning to lay your life down for the good of other people. See, evangelism isn't just going to the streets and ministering to somebody that looks like they need help. Evangelism, to evangelize, is to help every human being on the planet know, know, that they have a need for the God that created them. Every human being on the planet was created in the image of God. Your and my responsibility is to learn how to be creative in doing that and accomplishing that in the lives of other people. And at Gates of the City this year, we're redeeming the times, learning how to deal with those who are not saved, and just a couple of real simple things. I say this a lot, but I say it again. A couple of, couple of things just about the unsaved. You know, the unsaved that are doing things that are wrong, that would be sin in your life, if you're born again and you have convictions about things, they're doing things that you would consider sin. That's not sin to them. Huh? They're not sinning. They're living. Hmm? They're doing what they want to do. And, and the more you focus on people's mistakes and the things that are not right in their life, the more they'll turn from you. Why, why would somebody? They already know they're down inside of them. They already know they're not doing right. Why do they need you to confirm it? You, you've been called to evangelize to get them to realize they need the God that created them. Especially the one I love the ones that they're no, I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic. No, no, you're not. You're believing something, you're believing nothing. I'm telling you, they want to believe, but they never found somebody creative like you that's gonna evangelize their life and cause them to want to come to the saving, understanding knowledge. <laughs> Of the God that created them. And I'll just tell you now, everybody needs church. I, I, I mean, right now, all over this city, right now, there's a 
ton of people that need to be sitting here right now. They need to hear this right here. Tons of people that need to be sitting right here right now. It's our job to evangelize, and they need to get in church, and you'll see in a moment why they need to be in church. It's not to be in church so we're counting the numbers and how many people. It's not, it's not that. It's that he's building his church, and to be a part of what he's building, you have to be a part of the corporate connection, whether the church of Jesus Christ is doing it all right in the earth in all the different congregations or not, it's the best thing going. And people need it. And the devil's doing everything to try to convince people not to be connected. Who do we need to be connected? Like never before. People don't realize how disconnection is, is, is a recipe for disaster in the days that we're living in. It's a recipe for disaster to not be connected. Disaster. So we're here, and I really encourage you to read that passage and meditate on it. <clears throat> because it's important that we do it by faith. That we develop these things by faith, not, not by pressure. Not trying, you know, one of our connect socials is this year an evangelism connect group. And we're going to do just exactly what we did on Sunday afternoon at Word First. We're going to meet up here. We're going to have actually, uh, we have for our first class, uh, Riley Stevenson, we wanted him to be a part of that. He couldn't be <clears throat> like live on Zoom with us, so he did a video. And actually, I got it yesterday. So our first classes got Riley, you know, live on video, right? And uh, so he's bringing the word, and we're going to talk. We're going to show that video. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Then we're going to split up in teams, and we're going to head out to the to the world, huh? And we're going to talk about how how to do that. And you, and, and you, if you're sitting there thinking, "Oh, I could never be a part of that," just come. Just, just, nobody's going to pressure you. Nobody's going to, like, drag you out there and tell that person to get saved. You know, no, we're just going to go just, you know, stuff. I had this thought when we were with Riley. I had this thought about one of the next places I was going to go. And I uh, haven't been there yet because I've been out of town and doing stuff, and so I didn't have time to do it yet, but this is one of the next places that I'm going. I love to wash my car, okay? Uh, I like washing my car, you know. I, I, the place down here on, on, uh, on Sydney Baker, uh, where you drive it through, right? And then you vacuum it out. I, I just like doing it. I mean, I used to take it and let other people do it, but they don't do it like I want it. You, you understand? So I, I just wash my own car. So <clears throat> my thought is, I'm driving through there, and, uh, and I come out of there, and I'm going to park... Uh, between two cars. You know, when I'm thinking about myself, I don't want another car next to me. I, I want to get out. I want to be by myself. So I, I, I got room and I can use both sides of the wands to vacuum and do all that. But, but now, now I got new vision. I, I want car on either side. Because as I'm vacuuming and I'm putting it back and some, I'm just being led by the Spirit. Uh, hey, you live around here? You live around here. Uh, yeah. You, you attend church anywhere? Something. 
You know, it doesn't have to be canned little message, but something just to stir up conversation. And uh, you know why? Because I need to believe that every human being I come across next to me, wherever I'm at, they need to know that the God that created them wants fellowship and connection with them. And he is relying on me to be sensitive about that. But if I'm just about myself and I want to be way down on the end where nobody's around so I can just be by myself and do my own thing. I mean, you know, if you need to go and be by yourself or whatever, do it. But, but be open to whatever. And so that was my creative idea of one of the next things that I'm going to do myself to put me in a position to hear the voice of God about what I, who and what I need to speak to. Because people need what I have. People need what you have. People need what you have, whether you know it or not. I don't care if you were just saved at the end of worship. Now people need what you have. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. People need the God that you have. And the more you're developing your life and becoming more like him, the more what you have that's of him is what the world needs. And remember, everybody's listening to everything you do. So, all of this has to be done by faith. So, when I'm developing a life of unselfishness every day, these two verses of Scripture are what it takes to see that come to pass. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, that same spirit of faith that Abraham had, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, We also believe, and therefore we speak. Verse 18 says, While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. You say, well, why did you you apply that verse with what I'm saying right here? Because for you... Everybody sitting in here today, so everybody realizes we're in the same boat, every one of us. Everybody has selfish actions in your life. Every single one of you. You don't think you do? Well, we need to cast the devil out of you. Amen? Because you're deceived. Huge. In a big way. You're deceived. Everybody has selfish ways. And the only way you're going to overcome self-centeredness and develop unselfishness is by not being moved by the things that you see, but being moved by what you don't see, the Word of God and the promises of God that are on the inside of you, and drawing from them. Because he said the things that are seen are temporary. The things in the natural that you're moved by, they're just temporary issues. We don't have to be moved by those things. But the things that are not seen are eternal. And, And the more you're developing eternal understanding about life, the more you'll live like God on the earth. God brought heaven to earth through Jesus Christ, and he wants you living in earth like you're in heaven. Yeah. To where you're not moved by any resistance that comes your way, and that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of work because there's a lot of resistance, a lot of issues, a lot of stuff. But you just take one little thing at a time. One thing. One thing I encourage you in, 
taking these couple of scriptures right here, learning to do this by faith, is you just asking God. This is what I encourage you to do. Just ask God this year. Lord, what, what, what's the first thing you want me to look at and deal with? Because, see, you, you're not doing it for me. You're doing it because that's his will for you. So you got to ask him, the creator and the designer of all this, what he wants you to focus on. You know, let's just say you work a job somewhere, okay, like at a certain business here in town. And there's somebody on the job that just irritates the fire out of you. I mean, just irritation, irritation. Just right now thinking about it kind of makes the hair on the back of your head stand. Hmm? I mean, most people I know, myself included, we've all dealt with people like that. So what if you asked God and he said, I want you to start dealing with your attitude towards so-and-so? Well, but Lord, you know what she did or what he did or what, what happened. The, yeah, yeah. And I want you to learn how not to be moved by what they do. I want you to be aware of how you react. Now, let's just say that person, somehow they were ugly to you all the time, every time you're around them. And so what if God said to you, the next time you see that person, instead of trying to dodge them and ignore them, instead of talking to your coworkers about how ugly they are, what if when you saw them, you, you, you I mean, you know, you, you go as far as you want to, but you just said, man, what a great day. So good to see you today. And let's just say that's all you did. I promise you, you sowing that seed of kindness and considerateness, what's it going to produce? Number one, it's going to produce stuff back to you, but it's going to affect that person. But I promise you, it won't affect them overnight. They'll walk away. What the heck? What do you mean, what? Nice. How stupid was that? And if you get word back that she said something like that, well, I'm never going to do that again. No, then you're, you're not working on it. See, you're working on yourself, but you're also working on their heart. I mean, I can, I, you know, I won't bore you with the same testimonies that I've talked about many times, but I've got so many testimonies of the difficult cases of those people that I want, but it never was in a short period of time, ever. In fact, it got worse before it got better. Always. But we're developing, we're redeeming the times, we're learning instead of lashing out at people that are not saved or do crazy things, now we're going to pray for them, we're going to believe God for them. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so faith brings the vision to pass. When you have faith and you're developing it by faith, it brings it to pass so that we can redeem the time. It takes faith in God. It takes you walking by faith to deal, with un, to deal with selfishness with unselfishness. It takes you walking by faith to do that according to 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 18 that we just mentioned. And it's the faith that you're developing that brings the vision to pass of redeeming the times. See, why would you want to re redeem the times and be kind to the unsaved? You wouldn't unless you're working on something. 
and causing you to be aware of the people that are around you and that everybody is hearing something. You know, my earthly father just passed away in the last few weeks. And uh, at, at his home going, my siblings and I were there and we were a part of him leaving the earth and moving on. And uh, my parents divorced when I was about, how old was I? 10, 11, somewhere in there. Or they separated and then divorced maybe the year later or something like that. But, but when I was a young guy, uh, they divorced. And <clears throat> they made a decision to divorce that affected us for years to the point that the time we had, the four of us had, at my dad's passing was one of the most healing times that we've had in all these years. It was, it was literally a supernatural time. And one of the things that it just hit me was, and, and my siblings were saying this, how that their choice affected us for years. Their choice. And the moral of that story is not to make people that have been through divorces feel guilty and bad. The moral of the story is what are we going to do about today? Huh? The past is in the past. Every one of you today, the past is in the past. And at that time of my father's passing, if I would have not had any word and taken that thought in, 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 in a certain way that I'm a victim as a result of that, yeah, see, see what they did? No, 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 no. It made me think, huh, I'm going to be that much better on behalf of my father and his life. And I'm actually, actually, my, my, my father passed December the 30th, and to this day, about 50 people through gates of the city have been saved this year. And about five of those have been saved through my life, and hundreds will be saved this year through me in honor of my dad. See, see so you take something that's happened, and, and you're looking at it one way, but no, we're turning the tables on that, and we're bringing honor to something in that type of situation. That, see, that doesn't make natural. Why, why would you do something like that when somebody did something that hurt you? Because you don't know what was going on in their lives that made them make the choice and the decision. See, we, we want to look at the actions, and we don't see past the actions and see what, what the heart of it was. Well, I know, I understand today, and have for a number of years, what was in both of their hearts to make those decisions. They didn't have any other ability to do it. They had no revelation. They had no understanding of the things of God, not like I have. So, so I have the understanding of the things of God. They didn't, and then I'm going to blame them for what they didn't do for me? Not today, not in the God that I serve, because my connection is not through the Wimberley name. My connection is through the blood of Jesus. But you have to develop that, because if you don't, you'll stay offended. You'll stay mad. You'll stay selfish. You'll stay a victim. You'll stay hurt. You'll stay all the things that we are. All you can do in your life is begin to make a difference today. 
and you're sitting here listening to word taught that'll challenge you, I've given you two challenges already today for this year about unselfishness. And if you just take the challenge and let the Holy Spirit reveal. See, I heard that from him to tell you. So if you, like I shared on Wednesday night, if you believe in the word that I preach, you still have to judge it. You can't take something I preach and think that that's gospel truth if you don't have it revealed to your heart. You have to hear the Holy Spirit. But you've got to believe in the ones that bring the word to you, according to 2 Timothy 3. And if you believe that I heard from God and delivered this to you today, then the Holy Spirit will take what he said from Father to me. I'm delivering it to you, and the Holy Spirit will reveal all this truth to you, that it's real and that it will affect your life and make a positive difference from here on out in your life, where you don't ever have to live another selfish day in your life. You will, but you don't have to. And you're going to get better and better as days go by because you're going to practice. See, there's not a pressure you know, and having to hide. I mean, one of the best things you can do is, if I was selfish to somebody and I saw Dale, man, you know what? You know that word I preached the other day? Man, and then this situation happened, and man, I was a selfish little brat. It's good to admit it, but don't admit it to the wrong people. Make sure it's people that can accept that. Right? Because when you confess your sins one to another, you're healed. That's what the Bible says. You just got to confess it to the right people. You don't just say it to anybody. Okay. So, faith brings the vision to pass so that we can redeem the times. Amen? We can redeem the times that we're living in. And I want to I end with this as I bring this to conclusion today. I want to end with this thought um, and read this passage. <clears throat> Vision is like the blueprints for building a house. You, you can't just like, okay, order a bunch of materials and throw them there on the side and uh, we'll, we'll just kind of throw it up here and there and try this thing and see if that works. And, you know, so you take the gables from the roof and you put them down on the, on the ground. Well, it's not going to work. You're just trying to throw things together. Vision is like the blueprints, and, and, you, and they've got to be worked out. They've got to be precise. You've got to know what you're doing with it. And this year in 2024, I'm telling you, everything in your life will begin to evolve from the development by your choice of learning to live an unselfish life. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I am promising you something from God's Word that will produce. And as I read this, I want... To see yourself, I want you to see yourself in this. Go back and look at it later. But in Philippians 4 and verse 6, it says this in the New Living Translation Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Ooh, that's a good word. Tell God what you need, thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, 
Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice. Everybody say those four words with me. Ready? Read. Keep putting into practice. Let's do it again. All together. Ready? Read. Keep putting into practice. What I'm telling you today, keep putting into practice. I'll say it again. Keep putting it into practice. Wow. <clears throat> he said, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me today. I'll just say that. That's what Paul's saying to the church at Philippi. All I'm doing is speaking from what Paul said under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm declaring you to you today. It's coming from me by the Holy Spirit. It's coming to me as your pastor, as your under shepherd. I'm saying to you, as Paul was telling the church at Philippi, the same thing. He said, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. you got to be able, you and I, starting with me, I've got to be an example. I'm not just preaching a message. I've got to be living the message. If you're seeing me live the message, and you see from, a, from whatever distance and focus that you have in my life, you see me living that way, all that's for is that you know you can live the same way. Amen. And other people need to see you living the same way so that the God of peace will be with you and with them. All we're doing is demonstrating and allowing everything that God is to come through us to the good of other people. So we're redeeming the times. We're being aware of the things that are going on. We're being aware of the unsaved people and how much they need God. Everywhere you go. We were, we were in a... We were in a uh, a restaurant the other day, and Amanda, where's Amanda at? Well, there she's back there. We were in a restaurant the other day, and, and I was sitting with Amanda, and she was, we were, we were talking about some of this kind of stuff, and the waitress came up, and uh, she, Amanda, just asked her about her life and where she was, and just, just naturally, and I mean, and this, this waitress, she was so drawn to her conversation. She, she, she wanted what Amanda was saying. She wanted it. You could see it. And, and God will lead you to those people. You know, you say, well, Pastor, does that mean everywhere we go, every single person we go around, we need No, 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 not, not, even, a, not even so. But you're going to have to practice being aware of just having Simple conversation. If all you get out of them, out of somebody, something that's not normal to you, and you start just saying something to someone like, hey, um, are you having a good day today? And just ask them a question. Asking people questions, man, people, most people will respond, and then they'll start talking. And within about three minutes, you can find out their whole life and past, you know, about where people are coming from. People need people that are not selfish and it'll take the time to have a little bit of conversation. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. And it's not everybody you come across. 
but learning to listen to the ones that God is drawing you to. It's supernatural, and it changes people's lives. I love the, that verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about a thing. Well, I don't know if I can do Yeah, Yeah, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And we're going to help you because we're going to give you training and development, and we're going to go with you and hold your hand. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, this is a day of redeeming the times, being aware of what's going on. We're redeeming the times because the days are evil. But every time there's been evil days and evil times in the history of the world, the anointing of God has shown up and made a difference. Isaiah 60 says, darkness will cover the earth. Yep. Deep darkness on the people. Yo. Huh? But the Lord shall rise upon you and me. And we're the difference makers in the midst of how evil things are. So don't focus on how evil it is. I mean, shut the news off. Right? If you need information about what's going on, just go have a cup of coffee downtown somewhere. Somebody will tell you. You don't have to listen. You don't have to listen to all the stinking news all the time. I'm just saying, you know, watch a little of it, whatever, just to be informed. But you don't need to meditate on that stuff. It'll wear you out. It'll wear you out and get you off of the focus you need to be on. Realizing the days are evil, yeah. We're not denying that at all. But the Lord and the light, <laughs> the light destroys the darkness. And the light is in you and I here to destroy the darkness. Can you say amen to that? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.